But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. When you pray, don't use vain repetition as the heathen do. Don't use vain repetition as the heathen do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. But now that is your vain repetition has been taken off into an area and whereby if people think if they pray something um, more than once, then they're in unbelief. Then they're no longer in faith. They're not trusting God. And I, I want us to examine that. Amen? Now, um, and, and which is not to say that there isn't a place for believe you receive it and you shall have it and to stand in faith and just thank God for what you believe you receive. I'm not saying there isn't a place for that. But either way, we want to bring some clarity to it so that you're not in this place of bondage and wandering. Now, let's turn to, to, to Matthew chapter 26. So that was Jesus speaking. And Jesus said not to have, um, not, to, not to pray like the heathen do, thinking that you're going to, with vain repetition, thinking that you're going to be heard because of your much speaking. Not to pray like the heathen, going into praying in some place where everyone can see you so that you could be seen of men. In Matthew chapter 26, but again, I'm examining, this is your vain repetition. What was Jesus talking about and what and how? And let's make sure we get an accurate perspective of this. Amen? Now, Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then come a Jesus with them into the place called Gethsemane. Have you ever heard of Gethsemane? And they said, and said unto his disciples, sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. <laughs> Brings this thought to my mind. Sometimes there are things that are sorrowful and very heavy, and it takes more than this believe you receive it and you shall have it. Now I am which is not to say, now don't 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 misunderstand me. I am not putting down the issue of believe you receive it and you shall have it. You know I preach that. I'm not I don't want to take away from that. But I am saying there's situations sometimes where it's more than that. Amen. There are prayers of petition. But there are prayers of supplication. There are prayers of intercession. There are prayers of travail. There are prayers of thanksgiving. There are prayers of consecration. The Bible says all manner of prayer. There are different types of sports. Many of them may even have a ball. But the rules in each of the sports are somewhat different. And if you don't play by the rules, generally you don't win. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So anyway, so he was sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. See, you guys stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples and find them asleep. And said unto Peter, What could you not watch with me for one hour? So Jesus was away for how long? An hour. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time. Say the second time. 
And he prayed saying, Oh my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. Say again. For their eyes were heavy. And he left them and he, this time he didn't wake them up. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time. Say the third time. Saying the same words. Say the same words. What words did he say? Does that sound like repetition? Jesus said, don't have vain repetition like the heathen do. Is Jesus contradicting himself here? Can't be. So we need to have some understanding. Can we, would, would you agree with that? Because at the end of the day, when you break this down, he went, he prayed for an hour, came back, they were sleeping, went, prayed, let's assume, for another hour, came back, they're sleeping, went a third time, prayed for another hour, three hours, and it says, saying the same thing. Say the same words. All right. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, so right now, as we go forward in this, I want you to just believe God for spiritual understanding. Say, Lord, I receive my eyes open that I might grab the truth and run with it. Amen. Now, um, the issue of going back to, well, go, go turn with me to James chapter 1. But in, but in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was talking about vain repetition, he said, the thing about the vain repetition, there were two things about that vain repetition. Number one, they, were, they thought they were going to be heard because of their much speaking. Amen? Because of their much speaking. Now, that in and of itself is a lack of faith. Because they that come to God must believe that God is. The word of God says that the righteous Christ and the Lord hears them. Faith believes the word of God. So that is a lack of faith, just believing that you that God that you gotta speak much for God to hear you. Amen. In addition to that, also when we read it in the whole context, it was talking about not praying to be seen of men. That in itself is unbelief. You say, why is that unbelief? Well, the Bible says in John chapter 5, you don't need to turn to it, but in John chapter 5 verse 4 to 4, and again this is Jesus teaching, he says, how can you believe? Which seek honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from, from God only. So the mere fact that you're seeking the applause of men, you're not in a place where you're trusting and looking to God entirely. So the whole thing about this issue of, 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 of vain repetition, it was vain because of the lack of faith. Amen? And faith working by love. Now in James chapter 1, did you turn there? James chapter 1 verse 26 says, Any man, if any man among you seem to be religious, but he doesn't bridle his tongue, he doesn't control and choose what comes out of his mouth, he don't, he don't talk right. He's not ordering his conversation aright. If any man seem to be religious, but bridling not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, that man, religion, is what? Vain. So who is this vain man? This man that is not talking right. Okay. Now, in James chapter 2, verse 20, it says, But thou know, O vain man, that same vain man that wasn't talking right, I'm talking to you, it says, you need to know that faith without works is dead. 
Now, when you combine that, the thing that makes this man vain is he wasn't talking right. So here he talks to the vain man, and he said, you need to know that, your, that faith without works is dead. Your faith has to have the right corresponding action. The, right, the first right corresponding action of faith is to talk right. Say talk right. Amen? And the problem there with the vain repetition is they weren't talking right. Verse 26, James 2, 26 says, If for the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. In other words, faith that isn't talking right is like a corpse. It looks pretty, nice tie, well dressed up, but it's not going anywhere. Are you with me? It's like the body without the spirit. So understand what vain repetition is. Okay, now, so let's just keep exploring this. The Bible says, faith, they that come to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder. You must believe that God is. Romans chapter 8 verse 8 says, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you operate in the flesh, you're not in faith. Amen? When you're seeking applause of men, you're not in faith. And because it's not going to be pleasing God. When you, are, when you are asking, believing you're going to be heard because of your much speaking, you're not in faith. Say it's a faith proposition. Now, in fa what faith is? Philemon verse 6 says that the communication of your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. In other words, faith that works. How good faith works. Faith that is, that, that is effective. The communication of your faith. Faith that works acknowledges every good thing that is in you in Christ. In other words, faith identifies what, God, what, God, what is finished and agrees with it. Faith acknowledges what is done. Faith identifies what God did, then faith speaks it. Amen? Faith believes this is finished. Faith believes this is what God has said. And then faith gives voice to it. It acknowledges it. Because if it doesn't give voice to it, then that faith is still dead. Are you with me? That is why faith must have a voice. Faith calls those things. We believe and therefore speak. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, it says, with a heart man believes, and with a mouth confession is made unto. Faith agrees with God. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, I want you to hold that thought of agreement with God. Because there's a harmony with God. It's like joining hands with God. It is an engaging with God. It is a walk, walking and working together with God. Faith is not just making requests of God. It is also engaging with him. It is you and him working together. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, how that the Holy Spirit helpeth us. He helpeth us because we know not to pray for us. We, we ought. He helps us. What do you mean help? In other words, we've got this table to lift. He doesn't say he doesn't lift the whole thing. You lift one end, he lifts the other end. He might take the heavier part, but he helpeth us. He takes a hold together with us. Amen? So faith is a, is, is a taking a hold together with God coming in harmony with him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Say, I'm getting this. I'm going to get it. All of it. All right. Luke chapter 18 verse 1. Jesus speaking. He says, Jesus spoke a parable unto them. 
to this end, that men ought always to pray and to not faint. Now you see, one of the things is, you've got to redefine prayer and not see prayer as simply petitioning and asking God. Amen? Prayer is also working with God. Prayer is also engaging with God. Prayer is also communing with God. Amen? So men ought always to pray and not faint. And then he says, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Now by the way, this judge didn't fear God. This was not a God-fearing judge. Amen? Is God God-fearing? <laughs> this is not a God-fearing judge. So she came and she said, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge say. And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him? Though he hear, though he bear long with them. Hear what God says. Shall I not avenge my own elect that cry unto me? How long? How long? Day and night. In other words, it was this one cry. Did God rebuke that believer, that saint, his own elect, because they were crying out to him day and night? Did God say, okay, I heard you the first time. Therefore, if you keep crying out to me, right, you're operating in vain repetition. I heard you the first time. Did God say that? No. In fact, God shows the light in this his elect crying out to him day and night. What am I saying? I'm saying this issue of vain repetition as if you can't talk to God about the same thing. Oh, that's not, it's not what it is. There's an issue of persistence of faith and we're going to get to that. Amen? But I'm saying this so that we could be set free from this bondage that says if I pray once, I can't pray about it again. And in the meantime, we are thinking in the context of praying as asking. Amen? Remember, it's a sense of faith proposition. So Jesus says men ought always to pray and consistent with that he's talking about them crying out day and night and will not God avenge them. And then he says look I tell you he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless when the son of man cometh shall he find faith on the earth. In other words Jesus again points out that this is a faith proposition. This very crying out and crying out he connects it up with faith. He connects up with the very first statement. Men ought always to what? Pray and not faint. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now let me go. Let, let's think about this for a moment. Abraham. Remember how Abraham stood before God and God says, I change your name. I'm no, no, you're no longer Abra, Abraham, but Abraham, father of many nations. And then what was Abraham's confession? Abraham began to say over and over and over and over again, I'm a father of many nations. I'm a father of many nations. The Bible says, in, the Bible says in, in, um, that, that he was fully persuaded, giving glory to God. In other words, he was walking in a place where this became his confession continually. Was it vain? Was it vain? Did God honor it? Absolutely. 
Amen? Turn with me to James chapter 5. I'm just making one point. There is a difference between persistent, um, a persevering faith versus vain repetition. And we have taken the vain repetition stuff over into another ditch. And by so doing, brought people into bondage. But bless God, the truth shall make you free. James chapter 5. Glory to God. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall what? James chapter 5 verse 15. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if you have committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you might be healed. The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now it's talking about the prayer of faith. And now here we have this phrase. The effectual fervent prayer. Of a righteous man. The effectual fervent prayer. The Amplified says the heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Continual prayer. So the prayer of faith has a fervency about it. It has a, it has a, a continual um, persevering ring to it so to speak. Amen. Hold that thought. And then it goes on to say, of a righteous man. Say righteous man. All right. And that is a, a righteous man. <laughs> availeth much. And by the way, let me just point out the word availeth. The word availeth means much power available. It means could do. It can do. It can get the job done. Amen. Now that word availeth is used in two other places. Well, in a couple other places. One is in Galatians chapter 6 and I think verse 15. Where it says circumcision doesn't avail much. Circumcision is not what produces and makes much power available. Nor is it uncircumcision. But it is a new creation. It is the new man. Said the new man. It is the reality of who you are on the inside. It is that new man. And Paul even prayed that we would know what is the exceeding greatness of that power that is in us. Isn't that right? Greater is he that is in you. So when it uses the word availeth in relationship to that new man. In, Rome, in Galatians 5 and verse 6, it says, Circumcision don't avail. Uncircumcision is not what avails. But it is faith which worketh by love. Now notice the faith works by love. In other words, without the love, the faith ain't working. Amen? Faith which worketh by love. Is what produces, is what makes much power available. The same word is used in, in um, Luke 6 and verse 48 when it says uh, uh, about, you know, the, here was this house and there was this storm raging. But because the house was built upon the rock, the house stood. And the storm and the wind, the vehement wind, could not blow it down. And that word could not means it, 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 it didn't avail against it. Are you with me? So it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. That man operating in his righteousness. Operating in his authority. Operating from where he is seated in Christ. Operating knowing what his rights are. The promises in God are yes and amen. This man's prayer availeth much. It makes much power available. And then, it, and then it goes on to say Elijah. A man subject to like passions that just as we are. His same flesh. He prayed earnestly. Now we're still talking about prayer, but notice the prayer of faith, and we're talking about prayer. And now we're talking about the righteous man. Now we're talking about, and we're talking about effectual fervency and all of that. 
And but again, when we talking about this effective fervency, we, we are talking about a continual, almost repetitious, except that it is not vain. And the reason it's not vain is because faith is involved. The reason it's not vain is because it's not to be seen of men. Amen? All right. And he prayed, okay, so Elijah, a man of subject like passion as we are, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And then he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, when you read that on the surface, it sounds like, okay, so Elijah prayed, and that the heavens were shut up, and it did not rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. At the end of three and a half years, it seemed like if um, um, Elijah just said, okay, now, heavens, open up, and rain. And it happened like that. It didn't happen like that. It seems that way. But let's go check the specific account and see. Turn with me to First Kings chapter 18. Amen. What are we talking about? We're talking about the fact that persevering faith is not vain repetition. Amen. First Kings chapter 18, reading from verse 41. So Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Well, he must have been hearing that in his spirit. <laughs> right? So Abraham went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees. Even catch that picture. He put his face between his knees. There is an earnestness that is involved here. Can you see that? All right. And he said to his servant, Go now and look towards the sea. And he went and he looked and he said, there is nothing. In order to, he said, servant, go see. Can you see any, any, any clouds that indicate rain is coming? And he came back and he said, there is nothing. And he says, go again. And he said, seven times. How many times? Okay, not once, not twice, but seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he says, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the, the, the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Now here is the point. Elijah's prayer... It was earnest. It was not, Lord, send the rain. And that was it. No, there was an intercession involved. There was a travailing involved. There was a, certainly there was some repetition involved. Just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Three hours. And the Bible says he prayed what? The same words. If it be possible, take this cup from me. Jesus, for three hours, prayed the same words. How could it be vain repetition? And Jesus says you shouldn't pray vain repetition. And he did it for three hours? Come on, something's wrong here. Now what if Elijah did not pray the seventh, did not go the seventh time? What if he had quit after six? Could it be that there are times we quit earlier than we should? Before the rain comes. Before the breakthrough comes. Amen? Think about if you needed to knock down a wall with a sledgehammer. Do you think one bang is going to do it? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Okay, let me just make a, uh, I'm not finished with Elijah. Okay, but let's, let's talk about Elisha. There's a particular incident there that I think it would be appropriate for us to mention right here. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 13. Now, this is a situation with Elisha, the guy that took over from Elijah. Remember that? And Elisha is on his, is on his deathbed. And the king, 2 Kings chapter 13, and the king came to him, because don't forget, at this point in time, Elisha was like a one-man army. <laughs> Amen? Elijah would speak things and armies would be destroyed. And now Elijah is leaving. Elijah is in his deadbed. Elisha. So this, the king, in the meantime, Syria got a huge army. A big army. A mighty army. So the king of Israel thinking, uh-oh, Elijah is going to be gone. Man, this don't look too good. So he came and so he came and he's talking to Elijah, verse 14. Now Elijah was fallen sick of his sick of his sickness, whereof he did die, and Joaz, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elijah said unto him, Take bow and arrows, and he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. Right? Put thy hand upon the bow. And so the king put his hand upon the bow, and then he put his hand upon it, and Elijah put his hand upon the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, and he said the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Apex till thou have consumed them. Say, consume them. How long? Until you have consumed them. There's a verse of scripture in um, uh, Psalms, Psalms uh, 18 and around verse 37. And, that, and, and, and about the five verses before it and about the five verses after it that speaks about this one who, is, who, is, who God has trained to war. And him, him, him smothering the enemy or beating a situation until it becomes like dust. In order until it is totally come consumed. Many times we quit too early. Amen. Many, many times we think, oh, it looks like it's working. It looks good. So we quit and we give up. And then what happened? The enemy comes in and he rebuilds. So anyway, so um, where are we at here? So he said, you shall smite the Syrians at Apex and till thou have consumed them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice. And he stopped, and the man of God was angry with him, and said, You should have smitten five or six times. Then, then would you have smitten Syria till they had been consumed, whereas now you were only going to smite them three times. And the man of God was angry with him, because the man of God thought he should have known better than to just go strike three times. Are you with me? What am I saying? I am saying that even you look, as you look at this here, and, and uh, there is a principle in here that indicates that the, what we think to be vain repetition is not vain repetition at all. Not when it is the word of God. Not when it is in faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Lord. Okay, so let's go back to James chapter 5 again. We need to pull a few more things out of there. So James chapter 5 says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and we see the effectual fervent nature of it. 
And then it speaks, and then we see the issue of Elijah, and that there was a holy repetition seven times. Elijah cried out with his head between his knees, and then the rain showed up. But we also see this here. It's it, it, the issue of the issue of the effectual form of prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous man. Now, we've talked a lot about righteousness. The essence of righteousness is operating in oneness with God. The essence of righteousness is knowing what your rights are. The essence of righteousness is knowing your authority. The essence of righteousness is standing in a place where the blood has been applied and you're free from guilt, condemnation, inferiority, insecurity, and so on. Is that right? Okay. In fact, the reality of righteousness, especially from the new covenant, gives us tremendous insight. Amen. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So this issue of righteousness, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man, availeth much. Remember? The new creation that availeth. Okay. Here is a, here is, let's look at something else. Let's go back to 1 Kings 